think we're discussing how you think Australian foreign policy could be more ambitious or we're discussing that topic. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I reckon, first of all, Dave, um, I feel like I'm at a bit of a disadvantage because even though I'm ex-DFAT, this is an ambassador's brief and I never reached the lofty heights of ambassador <laughs> like you did. So it's Ambassador Sharma at an advantage. But I think we should define what we mean by ambitious first and foremost before we even launch into what, what that would even look like. Do you What do you think it means for us to be more ambitious in foreign policy? I think it means having a bigger impact on the world, right? So, you know... Um, partly on the structures of the world, partly on the priorities the world chooses to focus on, but partly mm -hmm. within our own region and the, I guess, it, I mean, bluntly, you know, it's about influence, isn't it? It's about altering the political trajectory of um, a country or a region or a global agenda. And to, to towards what we would consider to be our national interest. I think that's the other element of that. And I, I agree with you. And I think the... Um, I guess my ambition, uh, my definition of ambition would also relate to our capacity and our cap capability to do what you've just described. Um, and of course, we could have, you and I could have differences, our political parties might have differences about, um, you know, what that might be, what the, the end outcomes might be, and or even how we get there in, in, in utilisation of, of that capacity or that capability. Um, and I, I would all probably frame it in the three Ds, which is defence, diplomacy and development. There's a bit more than that, but they're, they're a good way of framing where our capacity and capability is. That was the Clinton um, formulation, wasn't it? The Hillary that's Clinton right. formulation. Yeah. With the, State. yeah. The, the three Ds. Um, and I know that we don't always agree or see eye to eye on any of those particular areas or that we think we, we should do more on, on one rather than the other and, and, and so on. But I think they all work very well together or should work very well together to get us to the point of, of um, influencing, as you say, um, the world around us to, to our national interest. I, I mean, I, the thing I'm always conscious of, it's easy to say Australia should be more ambitious and we've had these conversations on, on particular issues. I mean, I'm always very keen to make sure though that we have the means to support the ends. So, you know, Australia's not a superpower, obviously. Um, so we shouldn't carry on like one or seek to have influence like one, but nor should we be a, um, a shrinking violet and pretend that we don't have any influence. We're sort of somewhere in between, right? I think that's often the conversations we tend to have about, you know, what is a realistic level of influence in mm. Australia? And, and also and part of the discussion is how do we increase our means? How do we, you know, mm. um, in order to have more ambitious ends? Well, I think you're right. We we are a middle power. I, I use that term. Some people don't like it. And I actually think the ambition, the path to ambition in in outcomes lies in the way that we uh, we op operate as a middle power and what that actually means for us. And for me, um, middle power leadership uh, is really about engaging in the inter international institutions and the normative frameworks that exist that actually benefit middle powers like us and particularly trading countries like us but we, we require a rules-based order that is adhered to by the vast majority of nation states because it's actually in our interest when we talk about national interest you know it's in our interest to have a degree of security and stability that comes from countries operating under a normative framework uh, and so that to me that middle power uh, leadership and that middle power engagement is of critical importance and I think particularly in the current uh, geostrategic 
volatility that we're seeing in our region, but of course globally, and, and it is a different time now, and um, middle powers need to band together. This is why I talk about a middle power fulcrum, middle powers working together to prop up uh, the rules-based order because it's it's to all of our advantages. And that's easier said than done. It's harder. It's hard. There are a lot of, even within middle, middle powers like Japan and South Korea, for example, don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. So it is hard to get all these countries working together. But I actually think it's absolutely necessary um, and that Australia should take that role. So that's where I think the ambition should be. Yeah, I, the middle power phrase, I've never been too enamored of them. And I, I think of us as a regional power with global interests. But I think middle power, you know, there's 194 countries, I guess, of the UN. And we're a top 15 one on kind of most metrics. I think sometimes middle power sells our influence a little bit short. But I think we're probably agreed on, you know, what it is, the projects we should be working towards. Yeah, that's right.